This is the AI Assisted Organization podcast hosted by myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla. Hello, Alok. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, indeed. How are you, Piers? You feel refreshed after your trip to Mumbai? I do. I do. It was a two-week trip to India. I've not had a two-week holiday in a long time. So it's it was really good. Bite for sounds, exploring, ideas, all refreshed. Good guy, me chasing you around the place. <laughs> I think I some stuff done, but there you go. Well, what about my money update really is I'm doing an event this evening actually with Hayes McIntyre from a mid-market accounting firm on artificial intelligence. So there's a bit of a panel there, so that should be quite good. Should be quite a good audience there. So looking forward to that. So today we're going to do a, a, our usual sort of AI for business news. We always focus on business-related news rather than your sort of consumer fun and games. But a quick recap on the Open AI event, the Dev Day, um, last week, because you may have missed that, some of you. And then we'll talk about some implement AI updates. And then we're then going to talk about our theme today is going to be something which we both do, which is leveraging and using personal AIs to support yourself. So somebody who's not necessarily in the business, but how you work on the business using this technology. And it's super powerful. And if you're not doing it already, then after listening to this podcast today, you will be or should be. So let's crack on. So if you missed it, I'm going to go through this quite quickly. Our last podcast was basically just on this subject. It was the OpenAI Dev Day. And the big news is so OpenAI are the people that have uh, launched ChatGPT and they had their first kind of developer day. So it's kind of a bit technical, a lot of it relates to the API and the back end. But they have launched some things you can use yourself. So the, the quick version is, so when you talk to one of these models, you may have a you know a couple of lines of conversation, chat, sentences, paragraphs, but you can upload a lot of context. So it's your prompt and a lot of documentation if you want to, or just copy text into the actual learn window. And now you can talk to it too. So in over long conversations, if you want to provide a lot of context, because I have no memory really yet, you have these things called a context window. Now it's 32,000 tokens. Now they've increased that to 128,000 tokens, which means nothing to most people. About 96,000 words, about a 300 page book. So it's a lot of context, basically. And they've made the API or use of the API cheaper by about a blended average of about 2.75 times. They've increased the rate limit, but now you look at it or decreased it, I'm sure which one it is. So you can actually, you're also limited now about the, the rate to which you consider um, ping the API, which was a problem. It's now multimodal. So if you've used ChatGPT, you may be frustrated by, you've got to start a chat to use images, start a chat to use plugins, start a chat to just general conversations to browse. Now you don't have to do that anymore. So in the same window or conversation, you can now, it's multimodal, you'll do all of that. So for example, you can now talk to ChatGPT Plus, and you can say to it, please cream an image that looks like this, and it will go off and do it and respond with that image. And that's a major change, actually, in terms of using it. You can now fine-tune the model with your own um, content. And they've got a copyright shield. So if you are sued for a copyright breach, they've, they're kind of going to back you up and uh, hopefully pay out if you if the uh, plaintiff wins against you. And the big news, really, is they've launched things called GPTs. And in essence, since they launched it, we've now been playing with these quite a lot. And the GPT, really, if you think about it, it's a way of creating almost like another instance of ChatGPT+. If you haven't got ChatGPT+, you can't see this stuff. So another instance where it's called a custom instruction. So basic kind of context you provide for every conversation. Where you can now link it, it's still early days, to external data as well. That's inside ChatGPT that anyone can do. And they've also thought of systems. This is a similar thing, but it's more on the back end using the API. So it's got more capability, but you need to be able to write a bit of code. But on the GPTs, it's almost like a no-code front end to create your own chat GPT for yourself with your own context, your own logo for you, your business. And it leads quite nicely into our theme this week. What else? And really, I mean, those 
changes don't sound like a lot when you rattle through them, but they are game changing and they've also killed yes. quite a lot of SaaS companies, the ones that were doing um yeah, they were doing things like, you know, um chat to your documents or, you know, it's multimodal capability. Um and also they're now launched a text to speech capability as well. So you're now seeing we're gonna come on to this too, you're now seeing that real time conversation is becoming um a reality with extremely lifelike and realistic um voices. Have I missed anything on the Dev Day or no, no, you covered it. You covered it. And, but I think like what this needs to mean to most people is like if you're a business owner, you can basically have your own tuned and customized version of GPT for your business. So imagine your marketing department want to write blog posts or write articles or write social media posts in your own style and you've got a specific kind of customer. They want to respond in this kind of way. Well, now with your own GPT, you can tune it. So you can have examples of previous posts, examples of your, your whole website information, everything. So what this means is that if any of your employees are working with your tuned GPT, it will answer pretty much how you want it to do. And that's a big deal, basically, because you can have your own customized versions for different departments or even for different functions as well. We're going to come into that more. But really, this links into like the blog post from Bill Gates, which just came out recently in Gates Notes, where he talks about how essentially the way we're going to use computers is going to completely change. Now, Bill Gates... He is obviously someone who sits on the forefront of computing from a long time ago, but he doesn't make big statements unless they're going to really kind of happen. He kind of like sits and waits a little bit to see it, but he's making very, very clear statement that like, you know, AI agents and, and the way we interact with AI through like it's knowing what we want to do and, and working to solve situations and problems on our behalf is coming. So this is something you need to get into and start using within your company, definitely. And we've been playing with this. We've created the Implement AI GPT. So that's got a custom instruction from us and also uploaded quite a few of our white papers, some of our documents, uh, some of my blogs, the website. That's called in the sort of back end. So you can now, if you've got ChatGPT+, Plus, um, go and find the Implement AI GPT or email us, contact us, or if you sign up for one of our newsletters or white papers, you'll get an email that has that link in there. That allows you to basically talk to our content, essentially, which is pretty powerful. And again, as we always say, every day is is early days in terms of AI. Sam Altman finished the event with this quint, where he said that what we're showing you today will be quint by this time next year. So watch this space, basically. These are going to become very, very powerful. Eventually, they'll be able to talk to each other and communicate and collaborate. And that's what we do. So if you look at our white paper with AI agents, this is kind of what we're talking about, really. But obviously, you have much more control over them when you're developing yourself, and that's what we're doing for our clients. Now, just the last week as well, because we got carried away with the OpenAI Dev Day. We won't dwell on it too much. It's been covered by the AI Safety Summit. So you are seeing organizations, uh, nation states, focusing on you know, safety in AI, which is, which is clearly uh, quite important. And on the other side of um, safety, to some extent, is um, although, although Elon Musk turned up there, is uh, Grok AI. So this is now the XAI, which is Elon Musk's AI business. And this is quite interesting. It's not really business related. It's just a way of demonstrating that these large language models can be given different personas or ways in which they respond. Or So for example, if you use OpenAI, DALE 3, to create images, it won't create images of uh, women or it won't ask questions about people to some extent. If you go to Bing, which uses Dalet 3, it's more open. You'll get more out of it. You can create things which OpenAI definitely will not create. And that's because they're sort of worried about people using these things for purposes which they don't particularly want them to. Now, Grok is, is quite racy. They will talk about things that most consumer AI models will not talk about and it will give you sort of you know cheeky responses and the interesting thing Alec isn't it is yeah. Elon Musk is saying that he's going to deploy this locally obviously but it will connect to the internet inside Tesla's oh wow yeah so it's so like but I mean the key thing is like it's all about the control so now it's not about the power of the models 
It's about what the companies will allow you to do and will not allow you to do. For example, with opening Chat GPT, it would not let you solve a capture. It can, but it won't let you do it, basically, right? It blocks it. So in the same way, like when it comes to talking about like people like, I don't know, like Donald Trump or whatever like they say in the past, where it considered it controversial, it would not give an answer. But like, for example, Grok, it's got access to like real-time Twitter feed and it will also like answer things in a, from a news context or things in a different way. So I think we're going to see where basically there's going to be a bit like media, really. You've got like different editorial controls or different kind of like um, different kind of like viewpoints. In the same way, I think Elon Musk is trying to be as close to truth, whatever whatever that means, and um, you know, based on as many different people's viewpoints and everything like this. But yeah, we're gonna we're definitely going to see different models and different people going to choose what kind of suits them the most. But for business use, I mean. Yeah, apart from like live news or different things like this, you know, you, you definitely so many options for you. It depends on your business, doesn't it? I mean, they're trying to avoid things like gambling or adult entertainment. Or there was one example that's been all over the internet yeah. about somebody asking how to make, you know, you have to sort of cook up some drugs. Kind of gives you the answer, but then tells you that's probably not a bad idea and it's illegal and they don't contain it. So it's interesting that where, where that's going to go. Another big news, I think, is that Amazon. So you, you, we talk about this a lot in the podcast is that Amazon, you know, it's just sort of, you know, they've launched Amazon Bedrock and they've various things trying to create a sort of store really for large language models, which, you know, who isn't? Well, they've announced, not really too much detail uh, Amazon Olympus which is a 2 trillion parameter um, large language model and to give you an idea some of the models that people are running locally are you know 7 billion parameters that's the kind of amount of data points that have been used to create the model so this is enormous now they invested in Anthropic as well so whether there's a connection there I don't really know it's interesting isn't it how you've got Microsoft and OpenAI they're all doing their own thing you've got you know um, Amazon working with Anthropic where they then created their own model which could compete with things like Claude people are kind of hedging their bets but the point here is is that if this model is good, I'm sure it will be, yeah. and powerful, as Alec was saying, the, the power is not the issue anymore. It's its capability and how it's used and, it's, it's, and how it's sort of um, permissions and it's sort of tone of voice even, really. But you imagine this now rolled out in Alexa, which is my, that's my big pay is Alexa. And this is all these useless voice technologies. And I, I played around with a couple of years ago with Alexa, but I don't know if you've done this, skills, like the apps. We've tried to get skills. We create skills. Yeah, it never took off. Yeah, but now... That was trying to bring intelligence and apps to voice. Yeah, now, voice is super powerful. There's kind of issues to do much. Kind of technical issues gone away. Yeah, so but now your phone is an Alexa. You don't need yeah. a separate Alexa, isn't it? Right, like anything with a microphone and, and and a speaker is an Alexa now, isn't it? So I think there's kind of like voice first interface. And you look at the humane pin, which was just released this week as well. For example, watching some demos from that, like. All these voice first interfaces, they're just going to just crop up everywhere now, especially when you hear the quality of the voices like you're talking about. We're going to we're coming to that a bit more. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this in cars as well, because that's, that's been useless since um, day one, really. So, voice lift. Lift. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine Rock in a lift chatting away to you about what, whether the cable's about to break or not, cracking jokes. <laughs> so, you can imagine that's going to be interesting. Any other news which would. We'll come back to a lot, I think, on this podcast is the, the evolution of voice. So, you know, these generative AI models are the sort of text-based, essentially. Even when it's um, imagery, it's the same kind of technology. Um, the GPT, the Generative Pre-trained Transformer Model, and Eleven Labs, which is one of our sort of favorite um, voice synthesis businesses. They've launched their V2 Turbo. And this is now where, so if you talk to a model, it's then transcribing, essentially, what you're saying to text, analyzing it, creating a text output, and then it's going is creating speech as text-to-speech. 
Yeah, and that can take a bit of time and it can be quite slow and it makes it really sound like you're talking to a human because there's too much of a delay. You may find that if you use chat GPT plus in the voice, you get this kind of delay. It's quite frustrating. But now that's going away. So whether it's Meta, whether it's uh, OpenAI in their announcements, announced a uh, text-to-speech model or Eleven Labs. I was playing with it earlier today. I dropped some text in and literally as you hit the button, it starts re- responding to you. And that was like it was a 380 millisecond delay. I mean, I think voice is so powerful because like, as we are surrounding with more and more information, like, so for example, when I was in, I was in India, so I was traveling around and I wanted to catch up on some reading, but I didn't want to like read it on a mobile phone while I was in a car, for example. So what I did was I was using an app, which actually then you can put the, the page or the text or whatever you want, and it speaks it to you, it reads it to you. And it was a very good quality. So these are not audio books, it was PDFs and even normal books, which I turned into the PDF and the, the speech was coming. But just imagine that you can just straight away ask it back, you know, okay, can you summarize this bit? Or what's the point of this? Like I bought like about 25 books when I was on holiday and I was thinking that like, I actually don't necessarily even want the book. I want that loaded into my AI. And then I want it to teach and train me in, in those different ways. So I think a voice-first interface is so much better because you can talk to things, explain things much quicker. You can generate content much faster. When I was writing reviews for the hotels we stayed at, I just dictated it straight to OpenAI's GPT. And they asked it to structure it according to a review. And it did it very nicely and, and completely accurately, even with Indian names. So the accuracy of these systems is so powerful. How do you upload the book into the AI? I know I... So, oh, for that, for that app, it, there's one, there's one app basically where you can actually like select either the page you want to upload or the PDF or scribbed log, um, log, you know, or anything like that. It's, it's a good app. I'll send the link. Like it's interesting because if you, if you purchase the book, I guess that then gives you the right, I suppose, to use it in that way. Maybe not to train a model on it, depending on what the copyright law is. Basically, but yeah. But, yeah, but what I'm trying to say, but like, but some digital versions of books, I've definitely used that for. I didn't yeah, have an audio book. I have, I have the PDF for it, basically. I'm not sure I own 25 books. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have to have five a year at the moment. I'm not audible as well. Now, we're going to come back to that because there's two things that we're going to focus on here on this point is that one is that what I've been saying this on the podcast as well is the keyboards, right? I know you can't talk. You can't be chatting away to AI on a train. It's too noisy. So you're going to be some web typing. But the keyboard is ridiculous interface it's been around for I don't know how many years probably a hundred years but typewriters but um it's friction yeah. it's tedious it's slow so it's friction keyboard is going away finally and the second thing is and this is where generative ai becomes disruptive in terms of employment is the need or the use case for having humans answering phones and responding to questions customer service is gas going away as well I mean, we said last week, I think, that drive-throughs have this capability now where you don't really know when you're ordering from an AI. And as this text-to-speech improves, it's already down to, what, 380 milliseconds. So as the, you imagine that as the AI is producing the text in the back end, it starts to transcribe it immediately. It used to produce the whole piece of text, sentence, paragraph, whatever it was, and then it would, um, it would translate that into speech of any language as well. It's the other thing. Now it's not the case. It starts to translate that into speech immediately but then still you know, a couple hundred milliseconds and that means that you know call centers receptionists people just answer phones the need for them is um gonna go away no i mean the sooner the, all these systems get upgraded with these kind of like ai technologies i think next year we'll start to see this it will really translate and transform even how websites operate isn't it right like i mean why do you have to click search and just be like talk to it tell you what you want basically and it'll just be able to like only show you the parts of the website which are relevant for you almost reconstitute it isn't it yeah, talking to technology is the, it's all about Star Trek, but that's where we're going to be. I think, you know, 
I was giving a, a speech at a school last week and I was saying to these, I've, I've never seen 100, 120 kids like, you know, just about to do the GCSEs, so quiet. And half the time I'm, I'm battling with people throwing things, we want to go out. And it was like, they're literally just sat there quietly listening to everything I had to say about technology, the future, AI, what it's going to do for them, the opportunities, the threats, their career, how they should approach it, how they should use it. It was fascinating. But, you know, they're going to grow up in a world where you talk to technology and you can get things done, anything done. Yeah, I mean, their, their, their world is just shifting, basically. Like, the rules of everything is just being changed right now. Right, so let's get on to some Implement AI updates. The white papers, so these are becoming, oh, it's quite interesting, we spent a long time writing our AI agent white paper and then things like OpenAI's GPTs have made it extremely relevant. So if you want to learn more about AI agents, personal assistants, which we're also going to talk about later, GPTs and how they work and where it's going and how they should work together, the one theory is that if you have, you know, this is, you know, it's software and hardware, isn't it, right? The hardware's hyperscale cloud platforms, software exists. So if you can create, what they call a swarm or a hive of these AI agents or GPTs, and they've all got different, five different roles, they're all working together. Does that create uh, something which is tantamount yeah. or similar to an AGI pretty quickly? People think that, you know, then that's what I'm saying to those kids actually, is that 2023, 2024, that window, those 24 months, probably even 18 months, are going to be a watershed in the sort of human technology, human economics, and the way in which we work together live together, communicate, and uh, society generally. The AI agent is going to change the world, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. And then our AI newsletter, if you haven't signed up for that, um, we had quite a few sign-ups last week after the AI, OpenAI data link, which I've already in the summary, because you may have missed it. It's newsletter that's already gone out. And the, the big part of our business uh, is, is really sort of even really is training. So, you know, people understand that having, having a tool is great, then how to use it. It's like having an instrument, isn't it? Someone hands you a saxophone. You can make, you know, beautiful music with it, but it's going to sound pretty rubbish without some training or practice. Uh, and that's what we do. So we've got a, the AI Implement AI Academy. If you go to our website, click on training, see all our courses there. Most people start with things like content, uh, prompt engineering, AI fundamentals, just the basics, just to level up people in your organization about what this technology is, how it works, where it's going and how to use it. And once you've got the basics done, you start thinking about um, some of the more um, in-depth training courses. Yeah, that that so training is your first competitive advantage, really. And AI Activate, so that's our 60-day sprint. We've uh, closed off a few of those in the last few weeks with clients. And that's policy, governance, um, strategy. It's about looking at your business, automating some workflows, developing an MVP or deploying one of our AI agents and coming up with a, a plan of how you go from being, you know, having, having no AI to being, you know, as AI assisted as you possibly can within the, the reasonably near future. I think also, it's worth mentioning, I think this podcast is doing quite well. So we're thinking of sort of uh, stepping it up, probably going into next year and maybe start to have some guests on there, specialists to talk about, you know, things that, you know, we don't always have all the answers. We have to do our work and we need to get some experts on here to add some real value. So we'll come back to you on plans for that. Right, let's talk about um, personal assistance. So this is the future of um, AI, really. So you've got to think that this is why the internet is going to go away. So you're going to have this abstraction layer between yeah. a consumer or you, us, and it's going to be a personal AI. It's going to know how you think. It's going to know, it's going to read all your emails. It knows what news you've read. It knows your state of mind almost. It knows your heartbeat, your pulse, your temperature. It knows where you are. It understands your personal situation, probably even your personal finances. So it knows more about you than probably you do. 
in terms of all in one place, all at once. So this AI understands that. You're going to have corporates who have their own AI, all their product information, and they're the ones that are going to communicate uh, in terms of, you know, buying and selling things. That's where the economy uh, and those tra- and transactions are going to happen. Now, but these tools, and I was saying to um, people at another event last week, I was saying that chat and GPT plus, right, which is top of the state of the art at the moment, especially after last week, is an immensely powerful tool. I said, it's like being forced into a fist fight, a serious one, yeah. and you could take Iron Man with you and you can't be bothered, right? That's what it, as far as that concerned, that's what it's equivalent to. So using these things, it's not just having some stupid chat and trying to catch it out. These are extremely powerful tools, aren't they, that we use all of the time. And there's perplexity AI that you can go in there, you can, you can add context, it'll it'll reference and source everything it tells you. You've got Pi, which is developed by one of the um, co-founders of DeepMind, and that's raised a huge amount of money. And that's kind of, that wants to be a personal assistant. It's more sort of a, a focused on you, the individual, supporting you genuinely, and maybe your state of mind, even your mental health. You've got, you know, Grok, which is probably more of a, not really a personal assistant, but it'll give you a view of the world through a quite a different lens. Daryl, what we tend to use is is chat GPT, isn't it? Yeah, but they're all going to connect into like commerce, transactions, shopping, looking wherever you want to go to, basically. Because before it was the, the Google white search box, which was the gatekeeper to all intents in the world, whether it was like finding out information or buying something. But now, I mean, like with Vision, for example, just snap a photo of something. What do you want? Find me the cheapest one, which can be delivered by Tuesday. You know, and then there'll be all whole sorts of situations where, you know, even places you didn't even consider or think about will be listed for you, will be shown for you. The AI will be just ruthlessly efficient. And so you, you need to like prepare for this world, basically, where essentially you know, it's going to be the decision maker and, and the kind of like the, the messaging agent to find out all the information on your behalf and protect your, you and your time. But I think next year, there's going to be some very, very large shifts in the way things are shopped and bought and, you know, like how we even discover new things. It's going to change a lot. And that's an interesting point, isn't it? Initially, these things are going to support you, augment you, assist you, guide you, whatever you want to call it. But there will be a day will come where you just say to your personal AI, I want this barbecue I always talk about. And you'll just get a barbecue. That'll be it. There'll be no more conversation. There'll be no it'll follow up. It will be, yeah. it'll be autonomous and it will make the final decision based on all of that information and context it has about you. And invariably, it'll make better decisions than you will because it won't suffer from human bias. Yeah, and even things like, you know, like processing a return. I'm sure it'll be able to like do that and write the email for you much quicker and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to start seeing this integrating to many different platform solutions. And as a business owner, if you can add some kind of AI-first interface for your customers to make it easier to transact with you, it's something to really think about. So what we're talking about here, though, are personal assistance, right? So normally we talk about AI in your business. So going from being having no AI in most cases to being, you know, AI-assisted to eventually an AI-first world down the line. But there's a an enormously important use case, which is using them yourself. It's not in the business, but working with you on the business. So I use this quite a lot. So I, I often, and now you can talk to ChatGPT Plus. I've sat in the car driving up the M6, the Northwest, and M1 quite a few occasions, chatting away to ChatGPT Plus for, you know, 40 minutes. Ah, oh, kind of, I saw enough after that, to be with it. And, and now, and now sort of this kind of, kind of delayed, slight delayed conversation, when it's real time or when it's even butting in to, you know, into a conversation, which what you actually want out to like a huge, then I don't agree, that kind of conversation, it's going to change the world. So we've got a list here of things that we, we use it for, which you can use it for. So one of which we've used it for, and I use it for particularly is, is strategy. So it's having a strategy, having a plan, having an idea, 
you want to make a decision or you want some feedback on something and this they are infinitely patient they don't suffer from bias and you can tell them not to or you can give them bias if you want to so they do suffer from it or for particular reasons customer feedback competitive landscapes how should you progress and, and is your strategy right does it make sense uh and you get you get feedback you get feedback that you often you wouldn't get from somebody else because they're some people don't want you to, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to give you bad news or they suffer from by their own bias. I think one of the things that I like the most about it is normally if you were going to like a new sector or trying something new in business and you didn't have any experience in that, you don't know what good looks like. So the problem is you're trying to like find a friend or a colleague or someone who can give you kind of like an overview of how something could work, you know. And before people who were successful at networking and could get information, they would then know, have a model of approximately what good looks like. Now with this... I've, I've looked at different situations and I've said, okay, what does this situation look like? Or give me an overview of this, or what would that look like in there? And you get a very detailed, competent answer from this. So it really does unlock a whole new way to learn and definitely strategize 100%. Well, let's rattle through the list that I've made. So another one is, uh, and this is where it starts to sort of um, place uh, PAs and personal assistants uh, to some extent, is productivity enhancement. So it's looking at your diary, scheduling things. Now, they're not very good at this yet but it's getting there. So you can now see, for example, that ChatGPT Plus, you can create a personal assistant GPT, for example, and now using platforms like Zapier, which connects it to other pieces of the software as, as a service typically, you can now talk to your diary, whether it's Google, whether it's Microsoft, and you can look at your diary, understand your diary and pop things in or take things out, remind you. So you get into the point now where a personal assistant actually becomes uh, what you would normally describe as personal assistant. That will be 2024. Learning, so professional development, learning, keeping you up to date. This can be, you know, regulatory compliance. It can be legal updates. You know, we yeah. will say that if your doctor has not read or your surgeon or your consultant has not read the five papers that were released last week that's, that, that could have completely moved the dial in their field. They haven't had time. Whereas this technology does have the time and it can absorb everything. And it means that you can then tell it, uh, what does it need to keep up to date with? What does it need to learn? What does it need to track and follow to make sure you're top of your game? And it can do that for you. But for learning and for teaching, like yourself, it's so powerful. Like, I mean, the range of information that's that's within there. I'll give an example. Well, when I was in India, I was, I was trying to find information on some really ancient books. They're like more than 3,000. 2,500 or 3,000 years BC, basically. Okay? And they're like quite hard to kind of get hold of. And I was asking GPT if it was trained on the Vedas, basically, and it was. And it was able to give me quite a lot of detail in a particular book within the Vedas, which I want to know. And I actually met a scholar like when I was there and he was giving me some information. But it's it, the, the ability to learn and, and teach yourself and even within new areas of the project management or different things like this, or, you know, you want to learn like Six Sigma, you want to learn you know, lean manufacturing, or you want to learn, you know, how to organize yourself or different things, seven habits, highly effective people. You want to apply that whole matrix to your own work and your own ideas. It's so good for teaching you. And also be, you can talk with it and give your context. It will give you a good answer from it. So that isn't learning how to learn is, is a meta skill. And AI is like so powerful for that. And also as it kind of continues on from there, really, it's kind of market research. So now that most of these AIs are connected to the internet, you know, OpenAI, ChatGPT is now up to date as of April 2023. You know, Grok is connected to Twitter, but increasingly they're connected to a browser, so it doesn't really matter to some extent. So they can search the internet, they can they can, they can can do market research for you, they can access information, you're probably unaware they've actually absorbed during their, their period of training. So that's really important. Drafting documents. 
I mean, if you're not using artificial intelligence for this, you really are missing a trick. Whether it's an email where you've got writer's block, whether it's your website, whether it's you know it's your business plan, whether it's a note to your colleagues, whether it's just as you were saying, Allah, when you were away, you're just talking to it and it's transcribing your your thoughts and summarizing them. Yeah, writing the writing reviews. Imagine, like for example, your local business, right? Or even like, like for, even for me, like I like to write reviews when I go to a place when they when they re- we see something good. So I was staying at a hotel. I wanted to write a review. I just dictated it straight into ChatGPT, and then I asked it, please reformat for a review website. And it gave everything in sections, like you know the the, the excursions and tours, the, the cleanliness, the the room facilities, the location. Everything was broken down very nicely, much better than I would have done. And I literally just talked while I was you know in a taxi on the way to the airport in like thirty seconds, and it was done in a very nice way. So. It's so much easier to just pick up your microphone, talk to it, and ask it to like rewrite it for you. It, it's just so much easier. And if you combine that capability, the research capability, you know, asking questions, you know, questioning your own strategy, what you then have, and the, the natural next place to go is just brainstorming, just like you know, whiteboard stuff. Just like yeah. these, these are my skills. This is what I've got. This is how do I make money? How do I do this? Just literally having a whiteboard, and it can be quite hard starting with your own whiteboard. You usually, want to do with a, a group of people. Any, any more than one human is always better than one. And now you've got as many as you want. So you can actually create, look at using, using GPTs. You could have, I don't know, five GPTs, yeah. entirely different persona, entirely different focus, different context, and ask them all to collaborate and talk to you and help you brainstorm. Yeah. So I can be five different people in the room. People talk about like having like your kind of like, you know, your um, advisory board, your fantasy advisory board. And like, you know, there's, there's like, you know, different people that might say, okay, in my fantasy advisory board, I think to myself, how would Elon Musk approach this? How would Steve Jobs approach this? How would, you know, like Satya Nadella or someone else approach this? Or how would Stephen Covey address this? How would Anthony Robbins address this? Or whatever it is, basically. But you can actually do that now and you can get the viewpoint in those different ways. And honestly, you don't feel... There's so many questions that we want to ask. Sometimes we feel scared of asking because we think the right looks stupid, right? The beauty of AI is you can ask any question and get upskilled and build your confidence very quickly because it will never talk down to you and it will just give you the information. So that's a, that's a really big one. If you haven't tried that, just just going there and ask it to respond to you or to brainstorm with you, you know, in a way in which the person of your choice would do, and uh, I'm prepared to be prepared to be amazed because it really can change it. But what this really does is just even if it's not quite right, it means that it's just a different perspective. It helps creative thinking. It helps innovation. It helps you access different perspectives, things you never would be able to craft in organizations, especially small ones. They're not as diverse as you might want them to be. I don't think in terms of ethnicity, just diversity for everyone come from quite similar backgrounds. And this can kind of open a door to a very different perspective, which can add yeah. more value. Another one, the financial analysis. So whether you're using what's called code interpreter and that's kind of lost into the multimodal chat GPT, but other AIs that do this quite well, is uploading data, financial information, market research, yeah, just asking it, saying, yeah. yeah, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, your own bank statements, actually. Tell me something I, I don't know. know. I wanted to spot some business transactions which I've made on a personal thing and I just asked it to do that. I was able to like summarize it, basically. Entire history of your bank account and analyze it and say, well, what can I do better? Yeah. Where, And that's, I've never thought of that one. Yeah, it's fascinating actually. But you can upload anything and it will it won't just tell you, you know, the known kind of unknowns. It's the unknown unknowns where these things are really powerful. And risk assessment as well and risk management. So this is something that, you know, people don't want to focus on quite often. But you can use these things to look at your business in your in your own time or look at particular risks or your, your risk register and analyze it. And you know, your risk register often will leave go through it, like everything's, you know, 
medium, medium risk, medium impact, which is useless. You want to have some kind of, you know, a risk register or something that actually makes sense. So you can ask it to analyze your risks and put them into the correct categories so that you are managing your business properly and more effectively. And the last element really, I think, is leadership and team management is, is how do you interact with people? How do you, yeah. you know, the practice of leadership, learning about team building, conflict resolution, employee engagement, all these things that, you know, you, you're not born with this know-how or knowledge. You may have learned it in business school or on the job, but in some cases you haven't. And this gives you the ability to access all the information. And let's face it, your business success is generally based on exactly. the success of your team. And, and now you've just got like a digital team member as well that can add up and supplement everything. So we, we've run for a few there. We could go on for hours about this, but you know, it, it, what we're trying to say here is choose your AI. Uh, we tend to use OpenAI's ChatGPT Plus and try it, or, or Claw's quite good as well. Oh, so yeah, it's, it's not quite a multimodal though, but they're all going to, they're all heading in the right direction. It's funny, isn't it? I know, it's really like, it's great. Big context window. <laughs> yeah, but I think within a year, there's a million, million token context windows. I'm waiting to see this Amazon one. Well, yeah, flipping out. So if you do one thing this week relating to your your own personal transition to becoming AI-assisted, it's going to choose one and start using it and prepare to be amazed. And I guarantee you, whether you're paying $20 a month, whatever it might be, it'll be the best $20 a month you spent this month. So on that note, AI of the week, we, I think there's been about three times now. It's 11 labs, I don't know what, what you think. I haven't really had a chance to play with Grok yet because um, things like that, because you can't get access yeah. to it. But if you haven't used 11 labs, uh, just I guess on the homepage, I don't need to lock it, I don't think. But just go in there, drop some text, it will generate some text for you and listen to how quickly it responds. And that's going to educate you and, and make you understand that how quickly the extremely natural conversations in, in any language, that's the other powerful part of this, is now upon us and within 2024 by the end of 2024 it'll be the way in which most businesses prefer to communicate with their customers i think right so if you haven't signed up for ai inside the newsletter please do um, it covers a poll we have some insights that we get that out to you we've got quite a few subscribers now uh, download our white paper especially perhaps the ai asian white paper hopefully you've all read the ai assisted organization white paper by now that's our framework but the agent paper i think is um we were kind of headed tells to being slightly there tells you where things are going basically yes exactly that telling where things are going and very quickly as well follow the pod please rate us on your um your platform of choice especially apple that really does help us. And we're looking at stepping this up going into um, next year. So please do rate the show. And um, that's it for this week. Uh, so another hectic week. And we hope we've added some value. But this is the AI Assisted Organization podcast. Uh, we'll see you again next week. See you next week.